Chase is alive. He killed my friend, now he's coming for me. He's got a death curse. Jason's a legend. I was his warrior. An old friend of the Christie's. Jason belongs in hell. You're joining me, but you stay here. Never come back again. You see, Jason was my son. And today is his birthday. And welcome to another episode of Camp Blood Radio. I am your host, Nathan Barker, and joining me at camp tonight, the drunk uncle, Kenton Mullins. Hey, what's up, guys? All right, well, the drunk uncle is back to his place of employment, but we don't have time to talk about that. So you're just going to have to tune in on the next episode to hear about how he, he is no longer uh, parking in the handicapped uh, sp- with space as well. I mean, he probably is, but legally, um, you know, you'll have to hear about that later. So... Anyways, uh, got to address last week's show real quick in the shout out section at the bottom of the post on the show's Facebook page. We gave some shout outs, which we commonly do. So of all of our wonderful friends out there who share our stuff and give us mentions and we try to return the favor every now and again when we can. So we gave shout outs on that post to uh, our good friend, Brian Emenheiser, a.k.a. South Jersey Jason, uh, the Blairstown Museum, our uh friend SD costume guy, uh, Jason Baker out in San Diego, and of course the notorious creepy little man that is known as Joe Gallo. And just to clear some things up for those of you who don't actually listen to the show, or maybe you're not mentally able to decipher the information in the post, I don't know. But one very misunderstood person chimed in with a comment on the post saying that Joe Gallo is not a mask maker. And I'm like, after I got done laughing, I uh, had to reply back that neither was anyone else listed in the shout outs uh, section. Now, this person will remain nameless, but is obviously a Joe Gallo hater. And that's fine. You can't be friends with everyone. But seriously, people just think about what you're typing before you press the send button on your comment, please. Now, this is just as bad as the people in the random groups. When anything is mentioned about Kane Hodder, they just fucking automatically chime in that, oh, he's the greatest because he was Jason four times and all that stupid bullshit when it's not even relevant to the post. And also, for those of you who wanted to make alterations to our top list of Jason Voorhees hood makers or the hockey mask makers, we aren't interested in those recommendations, for one, because it's just simply our list. And once again, we said that multiple times. It's just our worthless opinions. Not that they mean anything, it's just our suggestions. So if you think your voice should be heard, and by all means, please do so. Uh, Feel free to start up your own show and get a hold of me. It's somewhat easy. I'll I'll walk you through it. And then, of course, the drunk uncle and I can go on and make some stupid comments on those posts. Right, Kenton? I mean, come on. Absolutely. That's what I specialize in. I'll I'll even be a guest on your podcast. Right, and and talk about CMing, if you will. Yeah, that's I've actually got another podcast completely dedicated to that. So if that's what you want to cover, we can, uh, you can join me on that one. It's called the jerk club, but what's yeah. the first rule of jerk club? Uh, you don't talk about jerk club until just now. No, that's why nobody's listened to it. Exactly. But, uh, Cause it's new. <laughs> it's brand uh, new. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, we'll get you on there and we can cover, cover all that, you know, and, and, uh, yeah, just, just listen to the thing before you talk about the thing like exactly and if you don't want to listen to the thing 
read the fucking thing all the way through. If if you looked at the shout out section, we we know that the Blairstown Museum is not a mask maker. I mean, if, if anybody who's in a collector or whatever, if you just read that portion, you'd be like, yeah, those aren't mask makers. So I, I really, to me, that was just throwing shade at Joe Gallo. And, and I think he's a creepy little man, but you know, to each their own. If you don't want to be friends with Joe, that's fine. But to me, it was just, just being a hater. That's all. Cause you clearly did not decipher the information that was in there. So Anyways, uh, moving forward with that. Now, also a shout out to Brian Emenheiser's wife, uh, Mrs. SJJ, a.k.a. South, Mrs. South Jersey Jason Irene Emenheiser, who was knighted into the Chronic Masturbators Jerk Club and is now hashtag Irene Bader. So, Irene Bader, if you're listening, we're so sorry for all the nonsense that you're going to have to deal with, mainly from that Joe Gallo, that little creepy guy that we keep talking about. But uh, having to deal with with all the uh, shenanigans from the CMs, as we now call them for short. But that's just part of the fun around the campfire here at Camp Crystal Lake. So enough about that. And, of course, we will check in next time on the world map as that continues to grow and we're taking over the fucking world. So on the next episode, more updates on the Camp Blood Radio takes over the world. But now it's time to get down to brass tacks and we welcome a special guest on this week's show. I've said this on the record before and I'll say it again. Jason Rising is the fan film that from the start I've been looking forward to the most out of this this tidal wave of fan films, if you want to call it that. And well, if you've watched the latest trailer, it was released about a month ago, and I guess you'll know why I say that. So joining the Drunk Uncle and I this week is writer, director, the man behind Jason Rising, James Sweet. Thanks so much for joining us at camp. How you doing, man? Good to be here. Yeah, you know, you've been on our list for a while, and especially with that new trailer that came out, and all I got to say is, wow. I mean, I'm just, I I cannot wait for a finished product, and I I know everybody's obviously looking forward to a release date, which we're not going to get into that right now, but wow, Kent and I were just talking before we started and uh, about how we loved the, the practical FX work that we see there, and of course, we'll get into, we'll get into the, uh, the meat and potatoes, if you will, but just to kind of kick things off, uh, a couple of things that I've seen, and I just want to want to get your thoughts on that, um, is is a lot of people with Vincent DeSanti being attached to the the project and um, being able to pick his brain and have his ideas. And as you know, Vince is a, is a a friend of Camp Blood Radio here, mm-hmm. and uh, he's been on numerous times and will always continue to be on and kind of give us updates with what's going on in his world. But from what I understand, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that Jason Rising whole film concept the idea was was i guess sketched or penciled in however you want to call it before you were ever even aware of never hike alone is that correct well <clears throat> excuse me when i decided i i'd wanted to do a fan film for a while and friday the 13th was always numero uno on the list of if i was ever, ever to tackle something like that and in 2017, when I consciously decided that, yes, I'm going to do a, a Friday the 13th fan film, I sat down at the computer, put on YouTube, and just said, I, I need to see what what's going on out there with these fan films as far as Friday the 13th is concerned. Because I've seen a few, and I was, you know, I think we all know the level that a lot of these fan films are at. And then I started seeing this this was right before never hike alone came out and I watched the trailer. I'm like, Oh, cool. This is, this looks really good. And 
couple days later it was released on YouTube. So I was I was excited to sit down and see it and see what happened. And I went I watched it on TV through through the smart TV and fifty minutes later I I was I was shocked at the level of the quality of Never Hike Alone compared to anything else Friday thirteenth wise was top of its game. You couldn't knock it. And I started digging in. I'm like, who who did this? You know, who made this film? And then I realized that the guy who directed it also played Jason and, you know, going down the line. And so I just sent him a message. I said nothing. And this was just being friendly and a fan and just saying, hey, man, you did a great job. I like what you did. I'm starting to do one of my own. I probably don't give a shit, you know, but uh, it, we just we kind of connected. He responded and we just our friendship grew along the way and uh he started seeing some of the things that i was putting together and he liked what i was doing and we just you know became friends through friday the 13th and it was just a natural thing and the one thing i i had told him when i first did this i was like the one thing that i had in mind when i watched never hike alone was i wish i was there I wish I was there making this with him. And we we hit it off. So here we are today. Gotcha. So back to that, did the idea exist prior? The the idea was basically brewing and then you're checking out other shit with your project that was basically gonna be made regardless. You were just kinda seeing what was out there, I guess, for comparison purposes. Yeah, the idea was already there. I was doing this regardless and I had um I'd done a short film before with uh, a good friend of mine and my acting coach, Robert Blanche. Um, And it was, he was originally supposed to direct and, and I was just producing writing and probably taking a bigger role in it as an actor, because that was my main thing at the time. Um, So we had gone through all these script ideas, yada, yada. And, never we we did have a a a solid one finished but it wasn't exactly where we were wanting to go with it and during that time robert had uh a lung issue so he went and got a double lung transplant and so it was just me on my own and i started writing the concept after that and down the line it became more of I wouldn't consider myself a good writer by any means. So having Vinny come on board later on to do that uh, really helped out and really solidified um, the writing aspect of it. But to answer your question, yes, before I even knew about Never Hike Alone, it was in the works. Gotcha. Now, let's, um, let's talk a little bit about your background. I know Kent found out a fun fact earlier today and I'll let him bring that up uh, obviously some acting background but the one thing that I noticed when I watched the first trailer that I think has had ironically 13,000 views or right around there as we speak and then of course the one that was was released a, about a month ago if I'm not mistaken and the quality is right on point and that's the first thing that I noticed was like these guys got their fucking shit together plain and simple kind of like when we looked at um 
just a while back, um, Here Comes the Night. And turns out the people behind Here Comes the Night, they went to film school. And it was very evident in their trailer. It was very evident when you watch their short film later on. So do you want to give a little bit of your background or I guess your crew's background or um, however you want to look at it as far as is getting that quality that's very evident in the trailer? Sure. Um, so just going back, I started off as a musician, being in a band, being in a rock band, um, delinquent kid. And I later got into, I always wanted, I love special effects. I loved horror movies uh, from a young kid. Friday the 13th was numero uno back in, in the day for me, back 12 years old. And so I got into, a, you know, loving special effects and wanting to do that. But I never actually became proficient at doing any of that kind of stuff. But I got into doing haunted houses. And later on in life, I also started acting. And that was probably around 96, I believe. And I didn't really take acting very serious when I first started. Um, had a lot going on. So, and I don't think I was very good. I don't probably still not very good at it. But uh, I continued, and that's when I started training with Robert, and I started getting jobs and, and working in, in television, and I did a lot of um, Art Institute thesis films, and that helped build my resume, but it also gave me um, knowledge on filmmaking, and, and I was always very geeky about the crew, what they're doing. Um, watching the director because I, I'm, I'm a huge Robert Rodriguez fan and, and I, you know, all that 10 minute film school stuff. I love all that. I'm, I'm just first thing I play when I, when I get a Robert Rodriguez movie, I just, I'm right to the special features. And uh, that's to me, that's, you know, getting, being on set as an actor helped me as a filmmaker, but also being an actor helped me as a director because I was able to speak to, to, uh, you know, my, my cast. And during that time, I, I decided to be a filmmaker. I did a short film that Robert Blanche directed and I produced and, and I acted in. Um, I'm, that's when I met Carl Winery, who is my DP and, and editor. <clears throat> and Carl, he's a musician. He plays in, you know, quite a few bands. And he does music videos for a lot of the local bands around Portland and, and outside of Portland as well. And he's phenomenal at, at camera work and music videos. And also, if you've, if you've, anybody who's watched Vengeance, the guy who played, um, had the headphones in in the beginning with the, with the gothic rock song playing, he did um, some of their videos. That's Dead Animal Assembly Plant. Cool fucking band. But he's done a lot of music videos for a lot of people, so he's, you know, he's very good at what he does. And we we developed a relationship, and <clears throat> that's kind of how it it he did like a little Friday Thirteenth short film of his own with some friends. And I was it was right at the time that I was trying to do this, and I said, Carl, dude, we got to do this. We got to make a Friday Thirteenth fan film. He's like, Fuck yeah, I'm on board. So that's kind of how it started as as far as why we've teamed up okay so like uh 
couple jacks of all trades, if you will. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, and, you know, with with uh, Carl doing his band thing, he's always, he's always shooting. So he's not, you know, just getting a camera out every once in a while. He's always filming. He's always doing music videos or, or editing something. So he's... He's good at what he does. He's he's really good. Now Kenton here. Kenton's a huge zombie fan, so I gotta let him get his his little bit of uh, his fun fact that he he just discovered here a few minutes ago. So uh, I was I was big on the on the Walking Dead bandwagon there for the first I don't know five seasons, and then after they <clears throat> killed Glenn and Abraham off, I kind of lost interest. Not that I didn't love that scene. I did love that scene. That was ballsy of them. I wouldn't change anything if I could. But uh, anyways, that being said, my favorite subgenre of horror is probably like zombies and ghosts. And although I've not seen it, I know that it's kind of like a little cult classic or like a, a hit in its in its own right. Z Nation. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I read that you played a character named Berman on G- on Z Nation, and and uh, I tried to dive deeper into figuring out and finding like which episode exactly it is that you you were in, in in that and what season. So can you clarify that so that I can dive deeper into that after we get off here and, and watch the episode that you're in. Yeah. Um, that was season one, episode six, season one, episode six. And right. it, it's a, it's just a co-star role. Um, I actually auditioned for a different episode. I didn't get that part that I auditioned for, but they gave me, they just gave me this other role. Um, and it was great. And it, it worked out because season uh episode six season one was actually one of the highest rated episodes of the series because one of the main cast was killed off so in hindsight you know you're you're like well i really wanted that part because it was a little juicier as far as the dialogue and everything goes but looking at it it's a better episode what was it uh what was it like that that was probably your first like uh big like heavily funded set that you had been on correct like well I, I, I top set it's it's funny cuz i just got off um doing the librarians on the premiere episode of the librarians with uh Rebecca Romaine was on that Noah Wiley and I was in that scene with Luke Shook, who was who played the bearded hippie guy in Vengeance with the glasses. Yeah, I can't remember the character's name, but he was my uh, terrorist cohort in that in that beginning episode. And he is the one who actually told me about Z Nation coming to town. And I was like, I tell me more, you know. So I was. Because I'm like you, I I love zombie stuff. Um, so I I talked to my agent and I'm like, look, I I don't care what you got to do. I just I want to be on this show. And so she had to you know figure out who they were hiring locally. I I qualified because I live in Washington, but I'm a Portland actor. So the fact that I I qualified as a local during that time um, allowed me to be able to work on Z Nation. And that was the time that I just, um, after the librarians and going into Z Nation is when I became a, a SAG member. So a lot lot happened around that time. But um, 
but yeah, no, that was a honestly that was a a super fun fun shoot. And director uh, John Hyams, amazing director, made you feel comfortable. Um, totally, totally a lot of fun. And after after the day was over, it's like a thirteen hour day. I was only on there for one day. Um, I didn't want to leave. I, I I had a blast on that show. DJ Calls is on that show, isn't he? Yes. <laughs> Did you get to meet him? I actually saw him at the premiere. He always we... seemed like a like a like a fun guy to me. Uh, you remember that movie, The New Guy? Oh yeah, I had that on DVD when I was like fourteen. I mean, come on, Road Trip. Uh, yeah, Road Trip, The New Guy. I I just love me some DJ Calls. Uh, yeah. What was that? The Core. Just such a weird looking dude to to gain like notoriety the way he has. <laughs> yeah. No. Ever. You know, everybody on there was fun. Um, it it was because they did after they finished shooting that first season they premiered it down in the because that was all shot in Spokane Washington, um, which is a six hour drive for me one way. So I drove down for the premiere, stayed there for a little bit, and then drove back right after. So that was a long night, but uh, yeah, he's he has that um, larger than life aura when he's in the room he's always you know he'll stand in front of that that step and repeat banner and pose and do his thing and he's uh he's a fun dude all 65 pounds of him yes <laughs> well i think he uh i think he had cancer he survived cancer good for him my wife did the same thing she went through breast cancer and survived and and uh yeah good I for think- him I- yeah, like back in 2000, I remember reading back in like 2009 or 2010 that he was in bad shape there for a while because he was eating up with cancer and he came out of it in good shape somehow. So, yeah, I just wanted to ask about that because, A, I love zombies and, and B, I love DJ calls, Qualls. Well, they, you know, technically I was, they did me up in zombie makeup as well. And you don't actually see it on the episode because um, I was like, oh, maybe, maybe for some reason they'll they'll keep me on for another day um but since they did me up they never really showed it in the in the episode but i went home right away and i was just coded so you're going through the drive-thru picking up you know some food and you're totally zombied out kind of makes people a little nervous at the window but yeah but this was this was in portland right that probably wasn't nothing to them no oh yeah it's another zombie (laughs) that's the third one or not yeah Well, I know there's not a lot going on in Spokane as far as it's pretty spread out as as far as where things are. And I'm I'm sure most of that town is aware of of any zombie going around there that uh, it's a Z Nation thing. So, well, I mean, in Kenton, there's an idea for you since you're banned from your local McDonald's. Why don't you just dress up in zombie makeup and you can go through the the drive through and get you a Big Mac meal there, buddy? Man, they won't even they won't even make food that's edible for a fucking human. I can't imagine how they're going to treat a zombie. <laughs> I was just saying you could get your fast food fix since you're banned yeah, by yeah, just I going in disguise. That's true. That's true. That's true. <clears throat> All right. Well, you got your zombie fix, so let's get back to Jason Rising. So, like I said, I, I fucking love the trailer. Uh, just a phenomenal job with everything that you see in there. So let's Thank talk you. about the the, the storyline. Let's talk about the the corpse of headless mrs Voorhees. it's just uh just give us the whole rundown on what we can expect to see uh at least with things that you can talk about at this point 
Um, well, we when we first did the the very first concept trailer, it started off as one fugitive, and and then it grew from there. So we have basically we have three fugitives that uh, there's a the Wessex County Corrections Farm that's right on the outskirts of of Camp Crystal Lake, and they uh, they bail and which causes a, a ruckus and brings in the u.s marshals and and our uh heroes uh sheriff pete glover or uh sorry sheriff pete daltrey and deputy eve glover come in a little bit late to it and they have to uh show them the way because they're the locals and the u.s marshals are kind of know the area but not quite as well and and so they go on this manhunt for these three ladies um, played by uh, Lisa Sorensen, uh, Jenny Vaughn, and uh, Elizabeth. Um, God damn it. Sorry, I brain fart a lot. No worries. Um, we can edit that, right? <laughs> no, we don't edit anything here. Sorry, Elizabeth. Damn it. Sorry, Elizabeth. No, it's all good. I, I figured there was obviously the three females there on the run. Obviously, we see the agent come through with old Betty, as he likes to call it. And it's obvious there's a man or a woman hunt. Sorry, Elizabeth, for the, uh, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Garrett. Garrett. Yes. There you go. Thank you. Uh, we got to call it a, a woman hunt, right, Kent? We don't want the we don't want the liberals. We don't want the Me Too's coming after us. We don't. So, they, they, they're sensing blood in the water already. Yeah, they're, they're, they're swarming us already as it is. So we're going to say that there was a there's a woman hunt being conducted. I, I just want to say that we're about female empowerment, too, so it's menstrual blood. Yes, but. <laughs> and it's just, it's taking over the waters. But. So, yeah, so there's the woman hunt going on. We got the specialists coming in. Obviously, the, uh, the original site has been uh, reckoned with. And I love seeing the hand. I thought that was awesome. I loved seeing. I, I gotta. I gotta fast forward a little bit. I loved seeing the 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 rope being pulled on. You know, with the with the the boat, the canoe, whatever you want to call it, being you know brought to, towards the shore. The old school grimy look of the the part three slash part four grimy look of Jason. Uh, just all good things in there, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, obviously you said you live in in Washington. Uh, do some work in Portland. Let's talk a little bit about filming locations. I mean, uh, there's there's got to be something we can talk about there. Well, um, it's kind of there's a couple different locations. Uh, one of them is out in Oregon City, where my uncle has about twenty some acres. Um, that's where uh, I believe in the first trailer you see. Uh, officers pull up to the red barn and everything that's at my uncle my aunt uncle's place and they have a nice foresty area down on their property as well and that's where we created our our main campground and uh we were fortunate enough to be able to to use their place they they've been great it's been it's been awesome being able to have an area that you can kind of do what you want um, be there as late as you need you don't you know you don't have to go through a lot of of uh permit type crap or permission you know you have the run of the place so that's been great so that's kind of been our main campground and base camp with the barn and our lake 
our crystal lake is in battleground washington which is uh battleground lake state park and that's a little bit closer to where i'm at and uh a little bit done in woodland woodland washington where i'm at yeah the the trees look great it does have the classic kind of vibe to it and that's that's the thing when we talked with vincent originally about never hike alone is the difference in for um just the general fans, they could give a shit less, but the diehard fans are always going to be like, well, the trees don't look like they'd be correct or this, that, or the other, but in your background, everything looks right on point of what you would expect it to be. Mm, Cool. Thanks. Well, I mean, look at how many different locations there were in, in these films bouncing back and forth to different areas. I mean, it's for us, we're in the Northwest regardless. So everything matches. We're not going from, uh, you know a desert area to a forest area but um but yeah you you know the northwest has a has a great feel for for camping and and that whole whole setup so and not to mention the uh some of the areas the the lake itself it's a small lake and they don't allow motorboats or anything like that in there so it's very quiet and it has a nice backdrop of trees to where you don't get a lot of it keeps sound and and on the canoe scene that we shot when we were filming uh lisa let out this scream that echoed throughout the entire area it was it was amazing i was like holy shit and it was great we 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 captured it but it was pretty cool having that that small area and just have that scream echo throughout the entire park it was pretty fucking cool well, looking at the trailer and thinking about just the idea for the film in general, it looks like or it appears that obviously camp has been undisturbed for a long time. And it when I like that scene in the lake where, uh, like I said, where you're seeing them being jerked back to shore and not that kind of jerking, Kent, don't get don't get too excited. Um, I won't get to see them all all flustered there. I was going to say, you have my attention. I know. Oh, I know. Trust me. So it gives that vibe that you're basically in a very desolate area. So if you were going for that vibe, that's certainly what shows in the trailer at least. Yeah. And I'm, you know, we wanted it to be obviously time has passed and things have deteriorated. Do we and have also, a time frame though? Is that, is that disclosed in the film? As far as uh, the runtime? No, as far as is obviously, camp's been closed do we have any type of undisturbed amount of time that it's been sitting to where your storyline takes place yeah we basically there's a little bit of a backstory there um that we see uh in in the beginning um that correlates with uh uh, pete's father um who is the sheriff prior and so it takes place approximately 30 well, we say 30 years, but, you know, it's it's kind of in that area after the final chapter. Okay. So looking at your Jason, we do see some sackhead in the trailer. Then also we see, like I mentioned, the grimy 3-4 version. So I'm going to assume that either, A, you're a big 3-4 fan, or since you decided to, you know, like you just mentioned, to take place after the final chapter, what was the idea for your look of Jason there? Yes, you hit it. I'm a big three, four fan. Okay. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't want to go and keep in mind, this is 
what what we've what we've shown so far and i love you know the part seven the shredded jason and that look that was great but my favorite jason you know look was that brooker ted white feel and i wanted to just be true to that without going over the top to the part six zombie feel and keeping it keeping that human look but yet with the dead tones if that makes sense absolutely yeah absolutely and uh like i said usually there's there's a tie to a particular film that i've noticed just like you said you love three four and then of course that would influence your jason look obviously and i wasn't sure where the the storyline took place in relation like i said you know how long has camp been closed or or whatever um so that makes total sense and i think you hit it right on the nose because uh jason i mean the grime is there like you would expect it to be but it's not super crazy because if you go any if you go any more darker it's just going to look like jason's you know covered in mud or or whatever like you got to have some kind of contrast there and i think you guys did a really good job with that with the costume and one thing with the mask and kent i think correct me if i'm wrong i think and i didn't know this at the time is if i'm not mistaken you actually painted up the original mask that we see in the trailer is that correct um well, the are you talking about the hockey mask? Yes. Correct. Yeah. It was it was a part four shower scene look and we'd done a test uh shooting down at the lake with Dan and I that's we tried the uh the crash and as I mentioned before the crash just didn't fit right because of of Dan the way Dan his skull is and everything it's kind of narrow and so we put on the the one that the other one that we had the part four shower scene, and I just touched it up with some makeup, and we put it on. It looked really good in the shoot, and I'm like, we we just gotta use it. But I wanted it to um, have a little unique feel to it. I wanted it to be. You almost have to make the hockey mask feel like this is Jason's face. Um, I wanted it to kind of match his skin tones a little bit, but it, it's, it's his identity. Now Jason's identity is the hockey mask. So I wanted to make it feel like it was more not, you know, like Jason goes to hell where it's embedding into his skin or anything, but I wanted it to feel like it's aged and it's the, the mask itself is rotting. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. That makes perfect sense. Well, the color tone, you definitely nailed that. And uh, we were talking with Topher Westcott, as you know, who's um, producing Jason Rising Mass as we speak. And I don't even remember what the fuck we were even talking about. Something on the lines of, I wonder who painted the, you know, the first mask or the the trailer mask or whatever the hell you want to call it. And he, he told us that you, that that was your doing. And we were like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, no, I, I agree with, for what you're going with, um, I think you did a good job with it. And, uh, I know we wanted to touch a little bit on the, the FX work and we'll, we'll get to that in a second too, but, um, whoever did your costume, I don't know if you did the costume, the shirt and the pants too, but I think, uh, whoever had their hand in that, they hit that right on the nose too. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. 
yeah, just, you know, having some of my costume skills through doing the haunts and everything. I just, I, I knew what I, I wanted to see. So I just, I put it into the, into the costume and, and, uh, you know, you, you'll have to learn about some of these things because there's some hardcore people out there. Well, you didn't use the right pants or you, you know, the, the shirt style is wrong. And oh, good so Lord. I, you know, you know how that goes. Uh, people are, are really hardcore, but I, you know, I think we got the right, uh, the right stuff for it. And, um, yeah, now, even, even if you didn't like the one that they used in the movie was a big Mac shirt, right? Like a Dickie's, work shirt is so close that it doesn't really matter if you go with it. You know what I mean? Like sometimes, sometimes fans can get a little silly. Right. Now are we talking about the Michael Myers fans or are we talking about the Friday fans here? Uh, cause, cause the Myers fans would be the one to fucking rip you a new asshole. They will tear you up one side and down the other. The Friday fans are a little more forgiving on the costume. Now don't get me wrong. You're going to have some that are going to be like, Oh, that shirt's bullshit. Or, you know, those fucking pants look stupid or the boots are way wrong or whatever. Well, here's the thing. We're not really used to a whole lot of continuity anyway, but when I watch the trailer, that's exactly what I got is three, four grimy, obviously grimier version, but three, four vibes. So that's what you were going for. That's what I took it as. And if anybody else doesn't, then I don't know what fucking films you've been watching all these years. Yeah. Those Myers fans, those Myers fans are like the, uh, 784 thread thread down on the left arm is supposed to be uh slightly askew. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Supposed to be a thread sticking out there. Uh and the and uh I'm 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 very upset about this. And then the little dog some of the Star Wars fans are like that too with some of the with the armor and and things oh, like yeah. that. They're they're pretty hardcore. Yeah. All right, Kent, you want to talk about, well, I guess I should say we were talking about seeing practical FX and getting back to the roots of Friday, and I love seeing Mrs. Voorhees. Uh, I love the tombstones. Uh, Jennifer Lee over at Cemetery Haunts, she does great work. She's so good. Yeah, I mean, all her stuff just turns out awesome. And what's funny, I'll tell you real quick, is this is going back to, maybe it was last year, I'm not 100% sure, but... I had seen some of her work and, and I reached out to her and I'm like, Hey, you should do the Jason lives tombstone and like in full size. And she actually did. And I'm like, Holy shit. Um, you know, if you, if you do these right, then I said, you're going to get, you're going to get all kinds of things coming your way. There's no doubt. And sure enough, that transpired into Judith Myers, uh, other custom tombstones. I know you guys did the, uh, for your, uh, Kickstarter, with your names on the tombstone and all that good shit. And she was um, providing all of those, but mm-hmm. wow, she just, she did a really good job on the Pamela tombstones. No doubt about that. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she, she does great work. She's, uh, she's awesome to work with. We, I will say this, and this is, I'm not going to say what, but she's actually, she, we, I should be seeing it here. Hopefully this weekend or next week but for the really hardcore fans we're doing a scene with a a tombstone from her that nobody that is only shown in comics and i wanted to i i I saw this image and i was like that's fucking cool and i sent her the image because i wanted to do something i didn't want to use the part six tombstone Mm-hmm. And the part five 
Carl wasn't a big fan of, and we kind of emulated it, but um, because I always thought, what, what if, wouldn't it be cool if, if the dream sequence, when we see little Tommy Jarvis in the beginning of part five, wasn't a dream, it was a memory. And I'm like, that, that could explain a lot of things, but you know, people shit their pants and, and they go, Hey, you can't do that. You can't say those things. It's like, well, I can say what if. Right. But fans don't even acknowledge part five as an installment in the franchise. Well, yeah. Yeah. And and you know, the, the dream sequence, Jason is about as close as you're going to get to Ted white, as far as appearance goes. And, and there's just those scenes alone are cool as shit. You know, you get a little different version of the Hawk, um, but still trying to stay true to the, you know, three, four look. Um, Speaking of five, though, real quick, I got to give a shout out to our dear friend, General Manager Tom Morgan at Home Depot. He had his 78th birthday this last week. So Kenton and I would like to wish Tom a big happy birthday. So Literally looks like he's 47. Looks like he is 47 and a half. He does look good. I mean, holy shit. 78 years old? Yeah, no way. I don't, maybe he dyes his hair. I don't know because he's got that perfect sand, sandy colored hair, just not a, not a hair out of place. And I mean, he's, uh, he's, he looks fabulous for 78. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. That, that is bananas that that man is, is pushing 80 years old and, and still he's in better shape than I am. And I'm 32. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, you know, he stays active home Depot. I mean, he's got a lot of stuff to take care of being general manager. So he's got to oversee all those departments over there. And just think about how much walking he does every day there. That keeps him young. He has like a swimmer's build. He does. Yeah, like a like a 78-year-old Michael Phelps. Yep, 78-year-old <laughs> Michael Phelps. There we go. Yeah. But, hey, James, uh, no. I got a question. Uh, is, the, is the hood that you guys used in Dead Rising, is that a CFX deformed silicone hood? You are correct, sir. I love that thing. It, look, and, it looks so Dead fun. Rising. What the fuck is Dead Rising? Dead. <laughs> dead that's actually a game I'm playing. Jason Rising. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. I got zombies on the brain. Dead Rising is a zombie game. All right. Fair enough. Well, so, you, you know, you look you look at those things, and and you know, silicone is just you, you have to. You know, there's just no way around it. And you know, a lot of the the hoods out there, they look great, but for movement and and comfort you got to use silicone and those cfx ones are great we we did a little custom work on ours adding the scarring and everything but um or the damage marks in in the head but uh but yeah i love that that hood yeah that you can't you can't replicate our 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 like there's no substitute for silicone you know, we gave uh, yeah. we gave CFX. Actually, we gave the deformed a shout out last week in last week's episode. So that's definitely a good choice you made there. Yeah, and I, you know you start seeing. I know that you know Vinny used the, the the same thing, and for for the Ghost Jason and NHA, and and I know I think he um sold his one of his to um Cody for Voorhees. So they're using the same one, but. Uh, yeah, but with a different paint job, it looks completely different. I mean, the paint makes that thing. Yeah. So yeah. It's it's not even hardly you know like unless you have a really keen eye for for masks, it, nobody's gonna know. You know. Right. Because people yeah, you know, use 
for the people also use it for the Freddy versus Jason uh, cosplay. They just get them to do like a zombie kind of dead paint up on it, and it's not even it's not even recognizable as a CFX deformed hood. The paint job really really makes that thing, so it's not really something that's that's noticeable unless you're looking for it. No, right? I would agree. Yeah, with that. yeah, and and with Christina, do she added the uh, the damage parts on it and. She did a great job with that, and and uh, so that's that's the one difference in ours. We have, you know, we have the uh, the part four type machete slash from Tommy Jarvis and the axe wound from part three. That's uh, so we've got we've got you basically handling costume responsibilities, if you will. We've got practical FX. <clears throat> we've got. Uh, all classic Friday shit that we've seen so far. We got to talk about Mrs. Voorhees. We got to talk about yes. that. So uh, Mrs. Voorhees, headless Mrs. Voorhees. I mean, wow. Really looking forward to seeing how that plays out. Yeah, she's an old friend of the Christie's. <laughs> yeah, that she yeah. is. That she is. And like I said, uh, as soon as I seen that, I'm like, holy shit, they're going to they're gonna go that route. So, yeah, that's, that's one of the... I don't want to say that's the top thing I'm looking forward to seeing, but it's right up there on the list. Well, it's yeah, funny. Uh, Go ahead. I'm sorry. Uh, like I was saying earlier, my favorite subgenres of horror are ghosts and zombies. So I don't know which way. I haven't seen the movie yet, obviously. I don't know which way you guys are going with that. I don't know if she's going to be more of a specter that, that is really just there in Jason's head or if she's going to be a physically there as, as a zombie. But either way, I'm fucking stoked for that. That's probably the aspect of this that I'm most excited for because, man, that 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 practical effects makeup looks fucking phenomenal, man. It looks that that's top quality work. It looks good. Well, it was one of those things that when, you know, Carl and I kind of discussed it and it, it was at first it was taboo, but it was like, who wouldn't want to fucking see headless zombie Pam come back? What? I mean, why nobody's done that. Why not? You know, I, I, I think it's cool. Yeah, and one of definitely. the things that I'm a huge and this goes back to kind of our, our set a little bit too, but I'm, I love the evil dead. I'm a huge evil, evil dead fan. So I kind of wanted an evil dead feel a little bit and same with the makeup. And when I talked to Christina, uh, Christina Cordham, our makeup artist, um, I went and we, we were discussing how, how to do this makeup and, and be cost efficient and, and do the best look that we can for it. Um, I was in her shop and I saw these stacks of VHS tapes of the evil dead. She goes, Oh yeah, that's what I'm watching while I'm working on this. I'm like, you fucking rule. That's exactly what I wanted. So you, you know, if you look at it, it kind of has an evil dead tone and that's, and that's what I, I was really going for. Um, as far as headless Pam goes, headless Pam. Um, it was funny because when we, we did some test shoots of, you know, for like the hand rising and the second trailer and everything. I sent something off to Vinny, some pictures. He goes, I showed him the hand. He goes, Oh, is that, is that your hand? I'm like, no. He goes, Oh, that'd be cool. If you had, you know, like a headless Pamela running around, I sent him an image of headless Pam. He was like, Holy shit. So it was, uh, it was a fun, a fun idea and you know you can expand upon it however you want because it hasn't been done so we can take it anywhere we want to um but we are we are using it as 
and I don't want to give too much away, but you will hear in the film um, Pamela, her voice a lot, and that's played by Christina Haddad, who's one who was one of my acting coaches, and she does a lot of great voiceover stuff. And uh, you get a sense of what Jason hears in his head a lot, and why he kills. She haunts him, and and I wanted to to really show that he you know we we see the shrine so pamela is always on on jason's mind somehow and i wanted to to show um and hear what he hears okay now i know you probably and if you can't answer this question just say uh we can't answer that question and that's perfectly acceptable uh but is is pamela going to be a specter or, or, or a figment of the imagination, or is she going to be physically there uh, like as an actual rotting corpse? And if you can't answer that, like I said, that's 100% okay. Well, that's, that's going to be sort of the thing that, that is, it's something that you'll have to, you'll just have to see how it works. Okay. I, that's, I can't so go too that. into it because, because of the way it's it's set up but uh you'll you'll i think you'll have fun with it awesome awesome and like i said man that makeup god it looks so good and is that a full body full body makeup yeah the the chest and everything is a a foam latex piece that fit over uh our actress alexandra nicole who does a lot of modeling and, and full body makeup stuff so she was perfect for for this um, cause she's, you know, sometimes doing that stuff can be uncomfortable and, you know, when it's hot, when it's cold, you're in this uncomfortable makeup. Um, it's, you gotta have the right person to, to fill that, that up. And most of it, um, arms, hands is full body makeup or the chest piece. And, and there's also a spine piece there that, that we'll be able to see, but, uh, yeah, no, that's that's Christina and Alex in the chair for three or four hours. Okay, three or four hours—that ain't terrible, though. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah, no, she Christina's really, she's got a lot of experience because um, that's what she that's what she does. She's she does film all the time and uh, film and television, and so she has a lot of tricks of the trade for. 20 years she's been doing it and so she's really proficient and good at time Um, because sometimes on television you got to be out there and you got to make shit happen quick so she's she's pretty quick one thing i gotta point out that's i'm sure a lot of other people have noticed this too but kind of towards the end of the trailer you see jason sheriff daltrey they kind of square off and sheriff looks at his machete and he's kind of like ah fuck you got me he kind (laughs) of has this funny look on his face It's just like, well, I know what's going to happen next. Well, that was a lot of that um, is concept stuff where we we show some things that may not necessarily be in the film. But um, that was sort of our our concept of of the the idea and what we're capable of doing. And that was our Crocodile Dundee moment where I'm like, that's not a machete. This Um, is a machete. Yeah, this is a machete. And it was it was it was fun shooting that stuff. And, and honestly, when we were shooting those things, we, you know, and 
we didn't know that we were going to be able to raise the funds to do what we wanted to do. We, you know, Vinny came on later, um, with the, with the writing. So even the canoe scene that we shot for the, the second trailer was all reshot with, um, with the person cast in, in the part. And, you know, we, we changed a, f- a few things on it and just, it was tough for me because, you know, we put in the, that time to shoot that stuff and you're like, Oh man, how can we save this? And, you know, I had Carl in my head going, don't worry about it. We're if, as long as we make it better, it doesn't matter. I'm like, okay, you're right. So, and that's what we've been doing with a lot of, a lot of different shots and scenes. We're just, we have the opportunity to make it better. So why not? Yeah, I mean, there's. I figured there was probably going to be a couple things in there that, like you said, <clears throat> you might see it in the trailer, but it's you're not going to see it in the finished product. But um, I just really like everything that I've seen so far, and I'm sure that when you launch the Kickstarter, the Indiegogo, any of that stuff, you were probably surprised at the outcome because it looks like it was overall successful. Oh, yeah, um, which which is great because the thing I know, you know, you once you put fan film with something, it's kind of like driving a new car off the lot. It just diminishes it in people's heads. And it, I think that term fan film can take away people's con, you know, their, their idea of what the film can be. Kind of like, kind of like, I, hang on. I, I got a good, we, we got, we got a, he just hit it right on the nose. So like you say in fan film, but, one thing that you got to be careful of sometimes is labeling it is more than that. And I'm not going, I, I'm not going to dive into that too heavy, but you, you know what I mean by that cat, right? Yeah, yeah, I do. But, but, you know, on that, I, I, on what James was saying, I think never hike alone kind of uh, changed, changed the landscape of that. Like I think it elevated fan films into something more than, what they had been previously perceived as. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. And, and that's why I said that Jason rising, even based off the first trailer. And then of course the last one, I, I, I see trailers for other films. It's like, meh, whatever, not excited. I mean, or you're just kind of like, okay. Cause we were just inundated with fan film information for so long there. You just get, you know, you just kind of get like, whatever. Oh, we have another fucking fan film. Okay, great. And then uh, you kind of lose interest because it's inundated the hobby or inundated the community with it. But the I'll say this, and you're always going to get everybody's going to get compared to Never Hike Alone. And I'm not saying that it's fair, but obviously you have Vincent on board, so we're in a different realm as far as that's concerned. But as soon as I seen the trailer, it reminded me of the quality with Never Hike Alone, and I felt like okay, this is going to be my jam here for the next fan film. The 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 hot music you know coming in heavy with the suspenseful music and setting the tone right there and the dark vibes and the grimy vibes and i was just the music really reminded me of never hike alone and what that brought so no one and this was before vince was even on board like i just i felt comfortable watching what i seen so far if that makes sense whereas other films are just kind of like meh whatever and no i remember we did an episode God, it feels like 10 years ago now, but uh, like maybe six, seven months ago, maybe even longer than that, further uh, longer ago than that on uh, on fan films before any of these newer ones had dropped. And I remember 
in that episode, you go back and listen to it. We were talking about Jason rising and that was one of the things I think that I mentioned in that episode is the, the cinematography and everything uh, is obviously there. And, and, you know, it's obvious in the, in the, in the trailers, you can, you can see where the, where the talent is. And, and I remember in that one being Jason rising out of all of the fan films that were in the making. And there was a bunch of them. I think we may have covered like five or six on that episode. Maybe, maybe yeah, not. That, that was hang on. That was the, that was the fan film frenzy episode. And at that time, vengeance of course, wasn't out. We had Jason rising and we had a handful of others too, that still aren't out or whatever. But like I said, just based off the trailer, I, I already knew that that was the first trailer. I already knew that your film, James, was going to be the one that I would be most anticipated. Yeah, um, they had me at uh, Jason Rising had me obviously with the cinematography and everything, but the Pamela. Yeah, Pamela, yeah, no, you guys. Like, yeah, you guys. You guys got your shit together. That's plainly evident. Yeah, thank you, thank you. No, Carl does good. And, you know, it's it's. Uh, Never Hike Alone earned, he earned that, that spot right now, you know? And, and this is the, the bummer about, um, when you try to tackle this, you're, people want to put you or compare you and it's tough because, yeah, yeah, we have Vinny, you know, on, on board with this, but like all these fan films, every one of them is different and, everybody has their own idea of what they love about Friday the 13th, which one stuck with them, who, who's their favorite Jason. So I think each fan film has, has touched on that a little bit. The one thing that never hike alone did, and it influenced me on, even though I have like a strong part three, part four vibe is with ghost Jason, it's it's got a unique concept to it. The ghost hawk is unique. Um, the 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 attire is a little bit different, and you have a story that is simple. A character that you know you where you if you could take out Ghost Jason, you would still have an interesting story following Kyle on his hike. So you combine, and that's what I think makes a good movie. Look at Predator. Predator was a great action movie, and then you got the the frosting by adding in, you know, this awesome alien hunter. Oh, Predator! Because we you, are big Predator fans. Holy shit! And and Vinny and I have actually been talking about doing a Predator fan film um, together. So we're we're both on that that page, and that's kind of where the concept first started. Was what's a good way to get people into camp crystal lake are they going to hunt jason no we got to get a way for them to to do it where <clears throat> they're doing something else they just happen to be there and it's a fresh take yours is a fresh take we've never seen a, a woman hunt man hunt either or we haven't seen that happen yet just like you said with Vince and NHA, we'd never seen that take on it before. And anybody can extend a storyline off of the original installments and come up with, with a continuation of that. And that's fine, whether it be a continuation of part four or part six or any of the others, which some fan films are trying to do. And that's fine to each their own. I prefer you like what NHA did. I, I love that idea. And I like your route of, 
not trying to um not trying to continue anything it's it's a whole different vision a whole different take on hey there's this other situation going on and they happen to cross over into this territory and now shit's about to get real yes whereas if they would have left it alone that situation would have never happened right yeah and you know it's carl said this to me a few times and and it made sense and and I have to agree is when you stick to this Jarvis aura or, and we, you know, we have that, like I said, we have that little tiny connection from the past that we, we do see. Um, but it's not, it's not something I wanted it to where be where it, it stood alone and, and it didn't have to fit into any timeline. That was my goal. I didn't want it to have to connect to this timeline that, people will nitpick on or or anything like that. I just want to have our own different characters, um, a a situation story where we put people in the situation and they happen to be in Camp Crystal Lake. And um, carrying that, that, that burden of fitting into the timeline and carrying on a story is, it's a lot, it's a lot to tackle. And, and if you don't hit it right, you, you know, you're just, you're just going to get hammered on. Yeah, definitely. And like I said, I like the route that you've went with it. it and it, it is kind of similar to NHA for the fact that if Kyle hadn't have been traipsing through there, that situation wouldn't happen, but we're just, we're seeing something fresh. We're seeing, like I said, the, the woman hunt for the PC, correct. Or the mm-hmm. man hunt, whatever. We're just seeing a, a whole different take and then obviously the disruption of the natural terrain causes, you know, things to commence from that point forward. So no, I'm right there with you as far as trying to continue things. And then, and then that stamps you. And then, uh, so like with, especially if you want to make another film, you know, um, like Vince is doing obviously with, with the saga of never hike alone. Uh, so with Jason rising, I know it's early, and I know from talking with Vince Pryor, he always had aspirations to continue NHA. So do you have aspirations for any future installments or additions to Jason Rising even early on as we are now? Um, honestly, <clears throat> you know, a few people have touched on an ass, but honestly, I just want to make this. I'm just putting all my my focus on on this one. I, I've never sat and said, Hey, what, let's think about Jason rising Two or anything like that. It's a lot of, <clears throat> it's a lot of effort trying to run a campaign, um, trying to make a film. <clears throat> and if, if you can't, if let's just say, if we don't get this one, right, then anything after it kind of defeats the purpose. So if we get this one right and it works out to where, you know, people say, Hey, you know, we really would love to see something more then we'll, you know, it'd be something that we could talk about. But, um, honestly, I'm just, I just want to make Jason rising as, as good as I can, as, as a, as a fun experience as I can for, for myself and Friday 13th fans to watch. And it's, it's, it's hard. And, you know, you, you put a lot of time and effort. There's always going to be people there's, you know, all these fan films, 
there's people that are going to love it and there's going to be people that are going to hate it. So certainly, certainly. So I guess it's safe to say that this, this was not, (laughs) this was not started with the idea of, of a saga. It was, it was just a standalone film and then maybe see what happens from that point forward, essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And it, you know, and when I, started hearing about Vinny, you know, wanting to do those little episodic things. I was like, that's a fucking great idea, you know? And, <clears throat> and I, I back Vinny hundred percent. If he has an opportunity to ever work on a actual Friday 13th film, I said, dude, I, I got your back, man. And you know, you, <clears throat> you've earned it. And I, I wish nothing but success from what he's accomplished that, you know, he's, He's been uh, he's been a huge help, um, huge supporter, and uh, you know having having his expertise and input. I mean that guy's got a lot of a lot of knowledge and talent <clears throat> for what he's done um, prior to Never Hike Alone, and it it he's helped you know he helped us smooth out our trailer and everything like that and it's great having that knowledge on your crew, you know, on board. And when he came down for the first weekend of shooting, um, we had a blast, you know, we had a lot of fun and, and you, you got to learn because I, you know, I'm a new director, so I have an opportunity to get film school with, with Vinny, you know, for a weekend and learn some chops. And that, you know, aside from my acting, that's how I've learned filmmaking is through being on set and uh, having him is great. You know? Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you can learn from him, then obviously you want to take advantage of every opportunity that you can from that. And so, yeah, just like I said, man, we're, we were just really looking forward to seeing this. We, we said it like Kenton just said several weeks back, several episodes back, we've been, we've been on board with your project basically since day one. So we're glad that we could finally set up a time where we could talk to you and we're definitely going to do a follow-up episode after the film's released. And we'll talk about all the things that we couldn't talk about today. So Kenton, uh, do you have anything for him before we wrap this up? No, man, uh, I'm excited for it. You guys are, looks like you're knocking it out of the park and uh, I'm excited. Like I said, this, this Pamela thing has got, got me excited. So that's, that's what I'm looking forward to and uh, can't wait to see it. Awesome. Yeah. No, thank you guys. And you know, we we're almost there. We we're almost there. We're we're like I said, we got a, a pickup shoot Sunday, and then we do have to do a big day with Pamela again. So we're not quite complete with shooting her yet. Um, but we're we're just about there. We've just been a you know victim of circumstance of weather and schedules, and and you know I've been going in the studio, starting the scoring process with what we've edited, and we're piecing it together and. You know, it, it, it sucks because having a release date puts a puts a limiter on you. So then you start rushing things. And when you start rushing things, you make mistakes. And and we don't, <clears throat> you know, I, I have a few dates in mind, but we just don't want to say anything yet because we just want to make sure we get it right. So just be patient, people. We'll get it right. So before we before we go... <laughs> We got to put you on the spot and I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you two choices. So it kind of puts you on the spot, but, but not (laughs) really. So for those wondering about a release date, this is kind of a two part question. So the first part would be, 
Can we see it in 2020, yay or nay? Yes. Okay, so 2020 release date. So the second question is, let's just call it first half of 2020 or second half of 2020? Uh, I would definitely say the first half. Oh, okay, very nice. All right, well, that's, that is uh, uh, that is exciting news because obviously we don't have to wait until the typical Halloween time release date for stuff like that. So, awesome. No, I'd, I'd be pissed at myself if I put it out that late. <laughs> I'd be like, what What are you doing? Right, right. But, hey, you never know. Feature I mean, film, then. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and one last thing, can we, can we talk about the runtime, or is that something that's still up in the air? Well, I've always, you know, people have asked, and, you know, we don't obviously have an exact runtime because we're still editing and, and piecing things together. But I'm going to say it's probably going to be around an hour, similar to NHA. Okay. All and right, that's, a, that's what we shot for when we wrote it. We, you know, we have about a 40-page script, and it's about what Vinny had. And so time-wise, it'll probably be around there. Okay. Fair enough. I I honestly had no idea if we were looking at potentially feature length. I didn't think so. Originally, I thought, ah, eh, but they're going to get somewhere between 40 minutes and an hour. So It's a 10-minute okay. short film. A 10-minute short. <laughs> you know, Kent has CM sessions that last longer than that. Come on. <laughs> all, all the best stuff was in the trailer, so don't worry about it. I yeah, can don't watch seven and 10 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just don't, don't bother to watch the fucking movie. Just watch the trailer. You've seen enough. That's, That's all. right. <laughs> all right james we appreciate your time man looking forward to seeing the film and we'll definitely have you back on to talk about all the good shit later all right thank you guys appreciate having me on and and i love the show and yeah i'm, I'm excited for it too if you haven't seen the trailer shame on you go to youtube just type in jason rising boom there it is so that wraps up another episode of camp blood radio so please rate and review wherever you listen to the show at also check us out on facebook and once again people please leave us a review we would appreciate it, whether it's on iTunes, Facebook, wherever the fuck. We don't care. Just please leave us a review. Also, there's people buying shirts. I've been hearing about it from my guy, James Ammer, all over at slasher-tees.com. Pick yourself up a shirt. And like I said, send us a picture in. We'll advertise it for you for free. I mean, what well, you can't go wrong with free advertisements. So get on that. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to drop us a line. Unless you're Mark Tefner. Don't, don't you say anything, you bitch ass. Does he think I'm a farthead?